And then the idea of witches. You know, when, when the Witchfinder General was prancing around the country killing people, I don't think these women were witches that were in line with the devil. I just think they were a bit rude. Yeah. I think back then they were just a bit rude. And, you know, it was... 60% of them were restaurant critics. <laughs> Hello there, and let me get straight to the point. Recent research shows that women are getting ruder. But who are they being rude to? The answer might surprise you, because it surprised me. I'm Danny Wallace, and I wrote F You Very Much, a book about rudeness inspired by the day I met one of the rudest women in Britain and was thrown out of her diner as a result. Now, in this podcast, I'm joined by Mark Haynes. How are you, Mark? I'm fine. I'm a man. You are a man. And here's the problem. You can't just have two men talking about women. So we will be joined in this episode by the journalist Grace Dent, a woman who has to use rudeness in her profession as an entertaining writer and restaurant critic. But first, Mark, all the signs are there. Um, research shows us that women are outswearing men for the first time. Holy shit. <laughs> More on that later. And there's, of course, um, this uh, research that I was talking about. Now, when I say that women are being ruder than ever, mm. the surprising thing is that according to this study, women are seeing much more workplace rudeness these days, but it comes from other women. Ah, uh, that's a shame. <laughs> no, that is a shame. Yeah. I, I don't mind a rude woman. I, I think I think I've met men before. Yeah, I, I've, yeah. I've met a lot of men in my time. Uh-huh. I've even been one. Ooh. And I, I, I think if women are being rude to men, great, because by and large, men are disgusting and horrible. Yeah. And if you're out in public, you see it a lot. I, I've been watching quite a lot. Um, I'd love to say this was for work. It's not. I've been watching quite a lot of Celebs Go Dating. Oh, yes. Not the recent series. I've gone back to series two, right. uh, which I've never seen. And I'm enjoying it greatly. But what it what really comes across in that is that the girls, by and large, who take part in it, who I believe are a pussycat doll, uh, uh, an actress from Hollyoaks, and Fern McCann from The Only Way is Essex, they, when they go out on their dates, are always delightful, they're friendly, they're open, and if they don't like someone, they let them down gently. The boys, however, are, by and large, they are just disgusting. And they're <laughs> disgraceful and they're rude. They don't turn up. They're horrible to the girls. They're really mean. So when I, when I look at that, and I, I, I understand this is not a scientific way of doing it, using Celebs Go Dating Season 2, <laughs> <laughs> many years past its sell-by date. But I do sort of think I'd like to see the girls really be ruder to the blokes because the blokes are, by and large, horrible. And I think that that's a big society-wide problem that we have. But why don't you want the men to just not be rude? Why uh, are we at a stage where we are thinking, well, if this person's being rude, I've got to be rude as well. The world has to be ruder to cope with it. Are you talking about equalising that balance? I, I would like to see a world where men aren't rude. I just don't think that world's going to happen. Right. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the only way that you can combat rudeness, and, and you know, you, your book proves this wrong, what I'm about to say, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. The only way that you can combat rudeness is with rudeness. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I know everything I've read says that that is the worst thing to do. <laughs> I've wasted my time writing this book. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I've read it and I just took nothing from it. Absolutely terrible. Well, in terms of men versus women in that case, Mm. traditionally women in the workplace have suffered at the hands of men. There is a very specific type of rudeness that women suffer at 
at the hands of men. Men interrupt women much more than they interrupt men. I think it's something like they interrupt women twice as much. They mansplain. They take credit for ideas. I mean, this will be something I think that we'll get into with Grace Dent. But in terms of this study, it's saying that women report nowadays more incivility experiences overall than men. So they experience rudeness much more. But across the studies, they found consistent evidence that women were reporting higher levels of rudeness from other women than from the men that Mm. traditionally we think uh, dish out this rudeness. So they say, in other words, women are ruder to each other than they are to men or than men are to women. Now, what's going on there? I don't know. Is that like negging? Is that trying to impress the men in the office when a woman uses her rudeness to take down another woman? I don't know. I, I think we saw an example of um, different standards recently mm. with the, the White House Correspondents' Dinner, where traditionally the president would turn up. This one didn't for some reason. And there would be like a, a comedy roast yeah. um, where they invite a humorist or a stand-up or a TV comic to make fun of the president and their administration Um, and the country and everything, really, the opposition and all that. And they've had great success in the past. Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert's one is really worth watching, isn't that? Absolutely. And this year they had um, a female stand-up called Michelle Wolfe, who works for The Daily Show. Mm. Credentials impeccable. Yeah. Got up there, did her thing, did exactly what was expected of her, roasted the president, but also as I think anyone would have done, roasted Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah. A woman who has consistently lied to the whole world again and again and again. Yeah. And was called out for being a liar. Now, the joke that caused most controversy was, uh, you know, how does she get her perfect smoky eye makeup? By setting truth alight or something, setting all those light and using it to do... Now, the joke there isn't that she has wears makeup. No. The joke isn't about her looks. The joke is about her soul. Yeah. And what she as a human being does. And it's inarguable. All yeah. the facts are there. Yep. The joke works. Yeah. And yet the vitriol that Michelle Wolf was subjected to from all sides, but interestingly, a lot of high-profile women going after her Mm. and calling her out and saying that she should not have been making those jokes about another woman. Now, that seemed to me to be extraordinarily patronising. I wonder what would have happened. What do you think would have happened if that joke, as written, had Mm. been delivered by Stephen Colbert? Oh, we wouldn't be talking about it now. It It wouldn't have made any of the press. None at all. None at all. And why do you think that is? Because we... I don't know. Maybe we, we, we trust men with jokes. And we still have a thing where we, we say, maybe she doesn't know what she's saying. Maybe she doesn't know she's saying a joke. Maybe she's just being rude. I think it is a patronising way of looking at it. But rude women, I think people sort of go, you're out of control. You don't know what you're doing. You've let your emotions take over. Well, that is incredibly relevant to what we're saying. Oh, and, good. And, and... <laughs> <laughs> I've done well. <laughs> no, because it's... It, it, Across the workplace and society, the same thing happens. Women, it seems to me, face this double standard. A study was done where they showed that if a man in a jury situation Mm. stood up and made an impassioned argument why that fellow was innocent or why that fellow was guilty and was so passionate and, you know, sort of broke the rules, was rude about it, used language that you wouldn't normally use in, Mm. in, in a normal debate... People were much more likely to be swayed by the power of that argument. But when a woman 
made the same kind of choices and stood up and said, that fellow's innocent or that fellow's guilty and broke away from the sort of the community of the table, people were much more likely to think she's gone mad, she is over-emotional, she doesn't know what she's saying, and it was found they were much more likely to stick to their original idea of whether that fellow was innocent or guilty. Aren't people dumb? Aren't they? <laughs> Silly people. But I wonder, this must be happening in offices up and down up and down the country on a, on a daily basis, because an office is very much like a, it's a hothouse, a breeding ground for rudeness. Mm. And if rudeness is a neurotoxin, as a lot of the scientists say it is, gets in there, burrows about, messes about with your frontal lobes, ruins your day, then that's happening to a lot of people. I mean, I, I went I went on Twitter and I asked mm. uh, women specifically. I said, um, you know, are you a woman? And that qualified them to answer. <laughs> uh, no, no one's going to lie about that online, no, surely. <laughs> and if they passed that, that very basic level of testing, they were then allowed to answer the second question, which was about, you know... Um, <laughs> I was asking them, uh, does it happen more from women? And how does it make you feel? Does mm. it feel more like a betrayal when it happens from another woman? Anne wrote back and said, um, female hotel employees are quite often rude to me. A lone woman who travels in the UK for work. They often question my reasons for sitting in the lounge with a coffee. I can guess why, but think they should check their guest records first. So they're <laughs> essentially calling her a prostitute. That, that is wickedly rude. Isn't it? That if you If you are sitting having a coffee... The staff naturally go, prostitute. <laughs> That's fairly rude. I think it's very rude. I, I wonder if, if I was uh, working in a hotel and if I was a man. I mean, there's no way I would feel comfortable raising that as an, even a possibility. No, and also the, the female staff would not see you sitting in the lounge and think, this is a spectacularly old rent boy. <laughs> uh, Liz says, uh, whilst most rudeness has come from men... Uh, the rudeness I've received at the hands of women has felt far worse because it was unexpected and it felt like a betrayal. There's that word. Mm. Uh, they most definitely wouldn't have treated a man the same way either. Um, it was work-based and whilst the kids were little. So I, I guess that's a hint. But I think that's interesting there what she's saying because she, she's saying whilst kids were little. So why mm. would she mention that? It's obviously because um, she's been mentioning the kids. She's got pictures of the kids or something because she has now become something other in the office. Yes. She's not someone to go drink with she's not something they've got as much in common with yes she's sort of another type of person the same thing happens to young mums all the time it's our society isn't it that mm. we say you go through different things if you're a single woman you're you're a laugh if you're a mother then you're something a bit sacred that you don't swear around you know that you that you sort of push to one side and you you, you know you still have your your mates over there it's a funny thing that but, but also you become well, a, you become a bit boring to those people yeah you absolutely because they're not going to they, they can't relate to you in the same way and once you put someone in that different sphere then if they're rude to you that's like you know that's a strange thing it's like your mum being rude to you it's like <laughs> your grandma telling you to f off you know <laughs> but once you've put them into these different sort of things as they go through the journey of life then the rudeness seems to be sort of more compounded it happened to me a lot i found when mm. when i first became a dad and i started to suddenly become one of the guys with buggies yeah and you have to go walking a lot you know in the <laughs> in the early times uh, and you're just pushing this buggy around and i found that i was no longer a, a man yeah i was a buggy Yes. They didn't see me. Yes. They wouldn't even really lock eyes with me. It was just you're a moving, you're like a vehicle, a slow moving vehicle. 
even trying to get into a shop, you become a hassle. Yeah. People don't really open doors for you or, or help you much. They just try and squeeze out first to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's for a dad. And I wonder for, you know, a, a, a mum, whether it whether it feels the same. I suspect it does and it, it may be even worse. I, I would help a lady if I saw a lady in the tube, for example, and there's only stairs there, which incredibly in 2018 is about 95% of the tube yeah. stations. I would always help her with the pram. I probably would also try and get ahead of her before it became a thing where I had to do it. I'm aware that's rude. I'm aware that if I was in a shop, I'd hold the door open for it if I was then leaving. Mm. If I was in there, I'd be thinking, if she doesn't get through the door, she can't come in and the baby won't make noise. So I'm aware. I'm aware it's a problem. I can see why people might not do it. But it's all based in absolutely unacceptable rudeness. But that's an interesting thing, just the fact that Liz just dropped it in at the end as well. It's right at the end of this uh, tweet and it it just says, and whilst kids were little. So it's almost like she didn't feel comfortable enough putting that up front because I think probably that is something that happens in offices. It probably happens, you know, probably men treat uh, mothers differently as well because it's like... They're no longer on the table. Yes, you know what I mean? absolutely. They've got other. They've taken their eye off the business ball. They've taken their eye off the business ball, and I'm not as interesting to them as no. I was. You know, do you know what I mean? There's all those absolutely horrible, horrible, weird tensions in there. Yeah, they were supposed to worship me as the best colleague they'd ever had, and now they've got a child. Some of that love will be taken away. Uh, on that note, as well, Claire says, "I found when I had children that women were ruder than men. It felt like it was a crime sometimes to have a child in a pram." And I thought to myself, odds on, um, they are themselves mothers. Couldn't understand it. Not all women, though, they say at the end. How That's strange. A nice thing at the end. Not, not all not women. Not all women. Yeah, I mean, we could say that about everything that we've said. Let's make that clear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Not all women, not all men. But that's funny. I had no idea. I would have thought that as you became a mother of a, of a young child, I would have thought you'd have seen everyone becoming far more pleasant. Rather well, yeah. ruder. I mean, Sally says, I didn't realise this was a theme, right? I'm just picking through all these responses and I'm finding that this theme is more and more prevalent. And I, it didn't strike me at first. But Sally says, when I was pregnant, I always found that men were more likely to give up their seat on the tube for me than women. Mm. It seems to be that... Well, Sally's not met me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but from a lot of these, the sort of the general vibe is that, look, men are ruder. Yeah. Happens more from men. Yep. But when it happens from women, it feels targeted. Yeah. And already I feel rude because we are just two men talking about women. It's a podcast. I mean, it, it has to be two white men. That's, <laughs> that is a absolutely bona fide legal obligation. Then let's change that. Because, what? yeah, no, absolutely. Sweet because, Jesus. Um, <laughs> for a better angle, I think, uh, on women uh, and rudeness, we should very politely welcome our expert guest to the studio. Uh, Grace Dent is a fierce and uh, very funny restaurant critic, um, an author and commentator, a TV and radio presenter. And we will welcome her now. Grace Dent joins us in the studio. Hello, Hello. Grace. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. You are not a rude person. I am absolutely 100% not a rude person. I um, I worry about being rude all the time. I think people think, imagine I'm going to be ruder than I am. I think that I am afflicted with a slightly rude tone of face. <laughs> so like a rude resting face. I re- well, there's a, yeah, I mean, this is it, resting bitch face. But I always say that my bitch face is not resting. <laughs> it's still got work to do. I just think that it's it's probably been a critic and the way that I express myself in writing. And, and just, I think I've got that kind of northern look about me. You know, right. it's like I clearly don't come from an answer 
history of you know the royal family. I'm not kind of willowy with like long <laughs> limbs. I look like a scrapper, <laughs> and I think that that's quite unusual in media sometimes. And people just think I'm going to be rude. And I'm, you know, I'm a restaurant critic. They think that my job is going in and going, "Well, this is rubbish." <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it yeah. is the way we've come to expect our reviews and our critics to be. Mm. Do you think it's fair? I think especially in restaurant criticism that the image that we see of the critics, it's been through MasterChef for 20 years where they wheel out a very certain type of person, usually with an upper-class accent, and the image that they give is that they are just up to their ears in truffle and mm. they there's nothing that can impress them. But also, you know, there's a pantomime about it. Definitely the public like the rudeness they enjoy the rudeness so you have to deliver the rudeness slightly Mm -hmm. you know I was on MasterChef quite a few times and I was nice and nobody noticed me (laughs) no one noticed me like literally no feedback you know not even my family cared (laughs) that I was on MasterChef and I would see the other kind of male posh restaurant critics you know you get given a plate of food and it's you know it's neither good nor bad it's cooked by somebody who's a mediocre chef and you know mentioning no names some of the restaurant critics would just go this is dis- I wouldn't <laughs> feed this to my budgie you know and uh, and that will that's what will get edited in yeah you know, because there's a, there's the, a currency in that yeah it's you know simon cowell that you know it's it's that kind of every show needs those people, the rudeness. I think, and also, I think that a lot of the public haven't got the ability, well, I'm going to say the balls, to be rude. So mm. they enjoy seeing it. They think, well, I would have thought that, but I, and they love it. You know, they get a kick off it. But do I feel good about that? No, I don't think it's ethical. I'm happy that I've papered my house and I put my bills, uh, you know, I put my electricity on via rudeness. No, no. <laughs> because this is it. When I was coming to see, you know, you today, I was, uh, I was a bit late and and that crucifies me. You know, it's like I've got this like pain in my chest thinking, thinking that you think that I don't care. Mm. That's a level of of rudeness. And I take that with me. You know, when I'm reviewing, I know how much power that I have as a critic. I wish that I didn't have so much power. I wish people wouldn't listen to me sometimes. And when I walk into a restaurant, I can feel the atmosphere change and I feel fear. And I feel some people don't want me to be there. They'd rather have not I walked in tonight. And I overcompensate immediately. Have have you actually written anything that you look back on now and you go, (sighs) oh, I wish I hadn't done that? Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah, many times. Because, you know, I think that people imagine that journalism is still in that state where you have ages to think about it. You know, this idea that you get like a commission for five weeks' time and you get to Mm -hmm. go and tinker with your ideas. Look, you know, when I used to write um, a lot more opinion editorial, especially going into this world of, you know, everything, all the newspapers going online, we went from you get given an idea at 10 o'clock and you've got to have turned in 900 words by 2 Mm. o'clock. And for the last hour of that, they're saying, where's the copy, where's the copy, where's the copy? And you don't know what you think. And the easiest thing to do often is be rude because mm-hmm. rudeness is easy you know like it's a lot easier to churn out 900 words on why you disagree with you know Amanda Holden's new well I'm trying to think of something not very nasty to about Amanda she's very lovely but it's easier to churn out she, something. she's changed her hair yes there you go very good example it's easy to churn out that than to do something wise and what, what did Morrissey say 
before he went absolutely insane. <laughs> I was about to say, I mean, there, there's a lot of things he said recently, none of which are worth repeating. It's, um, it's easy to laugh, it's so easy to hate, it takes guts to be gentle and kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when he used to live like that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And now he's just turned into this, it was funny the other day, because he has now, we used to love his kind of rudeness, his panto rudeness. And we all put up with it, didn't we? And now it's turned into he's just in L.A. being one of those like Brexit supporters. Absolutely. (laughs) But again, it was that thing of the slightly refreshing rudeness from somebody. But now that it's all pervasive and especially in journalism, like you say, there's um, I remember when um, David uh, Bowie died. And Giles Corrin wrote quite a rude piece about get over yourselves. Why are you all so upset? You never knew him. Mm. He did face some kickback from people saying, why do you have to be, you know, so down on this? You know, why do you have to be so negative? And he said, I write 1500 words a day or whatever. Um, Not being negative is a privilege I don't have. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so having to come up with an opinion, it is much easier to go to the negative. And often it's, it is funnier and more entertaining to read. Mm. But we are at a point where oh, it feels like everything's there. People love it. And you really have to watch where that's taking you. Because, you know, I've, I've um, you know, right now I've pulled right back from doing opinion editorial at all. Because I just think that you do keep looking back at yourself and you think, oh, God, you know. What you went for the joke, you went for the laugh. You know that you know. You know very often you'll have uh, you know you've got eight hundred words and you get to six hundred words and that's where you come out with the killer line and you think oh damn it and you just lift it right back up to the beginning you know and just go because that's as far as anyone's going to get and that's what they'll grab they'll and then you know the subs will look at it subs ha there are hardly any sub editors (laughs) (laughs) but but they'll they'll get it and then they'll use it as the pull quote. And that's the one that will take you all over the world. You know, like the you know the Americans are getting up and the Australians are what reading it during the night. And and you know and and it can as we've seen with people like Katie Hopkins, mm-hmm. there is currency in this. There mm-hmm. is uh, there is you know I've pulled back personally. I don't want to be seduced by that attention. Yeah. You know, seeing your name trending. I've seen my name trending, you know, quite a few times, and it's never good. Right. It's mm-hmm. not good. Mm-hmm. Have you seen your name trend? No. It's, but this is it. If you haven't, then you think that was quite it's a depressing a nice, thing to say. That's it. <laughs> but, 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 but this is the case in point. When you because you, you look sad that you haven't seen your name <laughs> trending, but it's never good. It's because you've said something. You said something awful. You've said something that you didn't think was rude. Yeah. I mean, surely everyone thinks this. Yeah. <laughs> surely everyone thinks this. You think, and then before you know it, you've literally got people piling on in an international base level. Do you find that that they pile on a woman in a different way mm. than they pile on a man? Because yes. I, I imagine if it's someone like we've mentioned, like Giles Corrin, or we've mentioned um, Toby Young in, mm. in, in, in past uh, episodes, if it's a woman, I guess the reaction is slightly different. It's almost like um, people go, they're being cruel, or yeah. they think a lot of themselves, or um, why have they earned the right to do that? Whereas mm. with men, they get away with a bit lot more, oh, they're being knockabout. You're exactly right. It's, it comes in lots of different ways, like exactly what you say there about how have you earned the right? That's one. You know, like you think, well, as far as I can see, there isn't any restaurant critics, you know, diploma, <laughs> restaurant <laughs> critics university. So you you get that. And also, it's almost like you're going against nature. You know, if you make a joke about a kid, if you make a joke about an, an idea that a woman has um, no compassion, of course I've got compassion. I've got compassion coming out of my ears, but for that, 
five minutes of writing, I demonstrated no compassion or you're being bitchy or just jealous. Are you jealous? Are you, uh. writing, are you writing this about, um, hmm, it seems like you're just jealous of that person's looks. Me thinks. Always oh, me thinks. Yeah, when, yeah, you thinks. know, when they've gone a bit Elizabethan. <laughs> Lovely. A lot of Elizabethan people getting in touch. Well, using me thinks means you've won. You've won the argument. <laughs> that's, in, that's in the rule book. What I find is that it'll go, yeah, it goes viral and big very, very quickly, you know, and I'll see, and you know, you know, Giles gets away with absolute murder. I love Giles, but like he does, he does. I see him do things all the time and I think, how, how is this mm-hmm. not on the news at 10? Yeah. yeah. How, you know, you've made this joke and you're also on BBC One and you've got these amazing shows and you, you, you know, you work for this newspaper. Like, you know, I, I've said things before where people have immediately tried to get me removed from the Bailey's Prize, removed from my job, writing letters to the letters page. There's an idea like remove her, mm-hmm. you know, for her rudeness, for her abruptness. But do you know something? I sound like I'm complaining. It's also a massive privilege that people listen to me at all. I really mean it. Well, really for, mean yeah, it. you know, and every, everyone must feel the same. But what I notice a lot as well is if, if say, Giles Corrin said something extremely rude, people don't come back at him and say, oh, you're just trying to be like Toby Young. Whereas oh what God, I've noticed yeah. is a lot of the time if a yeah. woman says something which is perceived as rude, say like a Julia Hartley Brewer mm. type, they would immediately come back and say, oh, you're trying to be like a pound shop Katie Hopkins. Mm. So it's always, always reducing it to this, this, you know, it's like we're allowed two rude women. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that happen to you? Yeah, no, all the time I always get compared to Katie Hopkins. It's the first thing that people go for every time. Mm. And you know, it's just you know, it's just it's just the way that it is. When you when you're sort of having people say or oh, you're mm. very rude and they're criticizing you, mm. is there a difference between the way that men do it and the way that women do it? Yeah, I mean, I think men generally just think that they could do your job better than you. Uh-huh. Whereas women will come in straight away and just I mean, women are often very nasty about my looks, uh-huh. you know, mm. like, but with men, it's often, I just know better. Why have you got this job? Mm. And like, it's really interesting because I sometimes I think, well, should I come back and go? So they go, um, who are you? This idea that you as a woman, that you are being rude about a man when he's working. That's a big thing. Huh. You know, a woman is not meant to criticise a man when he's doing his job or he's doing his best or he's putting his passion or if they've cut or, it. Or if he's a man. Or if he's a man. <laughs> or if a man, and we see, I don't get to know who the chefs are. They keep the chefs away from me to keep it kind of fresh. But then they will cut a man whisking an egg going, I'm cooking this for my grand, <laughs> who loved eggs, like that. And then, of course, they cut it to me, like Darth Vader, going, oh, this is the worst egg I've ever tasted. <laughs> you know, so, of course, then the, it's, it's prickling people about compassion. There's also this idea that I think that a lot of people carry scars with them from school about bullying and um, the girls in the in crowd and the girls in the clique and the girls that have... So you get that. There's, you're getting a backlash from that. that mm-hmm. I, get, I get a lot of, she reminds me of a girl I went to school with <laughs> and she was nasty. And I think, oh, mate, you know, you're 55. Yeah, it's let like, it go. go get, you know, get therapy. It's, it's really therapy for everyone. I always <laughs> say almost everybody that talks to me on Twitter after 11 o'clock should just really make sure they get fresh air the next day. <laughs> like I always say, like, everybody just needs their router taken off them and mm-hmm. And then just star jumps. No, but there's, there's lots of different things going on that people see in my rudeness that reflects, you know, my pantomime rudeness on television. Uh, also, ambition, you know, ambition. They don't like that. 
you know, when you're on a game show, there's an idea like you, you've pushed yourself in. Like it's like I get this. Oh, she gets her face in everywhere. Like you think what? And, you know, whereas it doesn't. It's not. Well, maybe maybe the men. You maybe you get that. Do you not get that? Yeah, everyone. I think everyone gets it yeah. to a certain level. But I think it's um, it's certainly much more destructive when it seems to be pointed at women. And mm. and you've mentioned the last five minutes three A words: acerbic abrupt and ambitious but there's a there's a fourth one that women tend to get that that men don't which is abrasive yes and i talked to a lady in the book called kieran snyder and she discovered looking at lots of people's performance reviews that abrasive tended only ever to crop up in performance reviews of women Mm. and always in a very negative way you're abrasive Mm. people find you confronting aggressive Mm -hmm. and when that same word was used in men's performance reviews it was seen as a positive in fact they were saying you should be more aggressive so we do divide the genders up and have different expectations of them and treat them differently certainly in an office environment i mean she found a lot in terms of interruption what she found was that generally people interrupt a lot but men interrupt and cut off and take over the conversation approximately twice as much uh, mm. as women, but they're three times more likely to interrupt a woman as they are another man. But the women who do really well in business are the women who learn to interrupt everyone all the time. <laughs> they're the ones, whether, whether male or female, they'll just interrupt. And those are the ones that rise to the very top. But then that's really noted by the men around you <laughs> yeah. because like, I've been in, in meetings where... Uh, I thought, well, I'm not coming here if it's going to be a waste of lipstick. I, I'm really, <laughs> I'm going to say what needs to be said, and if people don't like it, and I, when I've walked out the room, like people have said, do you realise at one point you actually had your hand on someone's face? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, the way to do it. <laughs> like wobbling their lips. Uh, yeah, and it's it is noted. It is it's, it's you have to be. But then this is why. You know, people like, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton and Sharon Osbourne and these these people like them or loathe them. They have got a lot of stuff done and they get there by be. You have to be abrupt. You have to. And, you know, I'm learning it more and more. I'm trying ridiculously sound. I'm trying to be more abrupt. Mm. I, I, I think that that actually is the key to success. Somebody said to me, you know, that when, when Hillary Clinton's uh, emails were leaked, that what was one of the things that was most notable was how abrupt she is. You know, she just sends emails and there's no, oh, hi, uh, oh, uh, you know, I hope you're okay today on this fine Monday. Yeah. <laughs> did, did your kids have a nice time at that point? No, none of that. It's just like, give me that, give me that, those figures. No. Yes, mm-hmm. like you know, that's and so she was getting you know three hundred emails done a, a week, whereas we probably get twenty two done a week. You yeah. Know, yeah, because but, it's... but and yet it was it was her lack of kind of abruptness that that a lot of people. I mean, she should have been more abrupt when it came to things like the the first um, debates with Donald Trump, who who interrupted her something ridiculous like seventy eight times over the course mm. of ninety minutes, and she was restrained. Uh, let him speak, maybe to let him hang himself with his words, but also mm. because she could not afford to be seen as abrupt, um, overly ambitious, or you know, acerbic or abrasive. There's certainly a thing which we 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 as a, as a culture see rudeness in women as being unnatural. Yeah, mm. women are supposed to be motherly. They're supposed to take you to their bosom. They're mm. supposed to be nurturers and feeders. Mm. And as soon as they start 
being abrupt, we begin going, this is very unnatural. And our way to deal with that, of course, is to sort of push them out Mm -hmm. like we're in a tribe. And the way we do that is through rudeness. You Mm -hmm. can begin getting everyone to pile in on them because there's something about it that we find uncanny. A sort of, yes. a, 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 in the sense of like witches almost. You yes. know, these are the people that need to be pushed out because they're I feel like causing I'm problems sitting, for us. Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm buttoning and being rude. Uh, the, I am I'm, I'm being abrasive. I'll be writing it's, an I, email, Mythics. Mythics. It's very, it's lovely to sit with two men who actually understand this. And I mean this because when you say this about uh, women getting it, you know, getting criticism harder. There's these ideas right from 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 when you're a child, like listening to fairy tales. Mm-hmm. There are two different types of women, and there's the homespun, fragrant woman kind of dancing around the kitchen, and she's young and and lovely, and you know. And then there's the old hag, and the she's crown. furious and angry, and imprisoning people in towers, and looking into mirrors, and being angry about her her youth fading and you know and she's and she's you know mean and it is unnatural this is the the and then the idea of witches you know when when the witch finder general was prancing around the country killing people i don't think these women were witches that were in line with the devil i just think they were a bit rude yeah. <laughs> i think back then they were just a bit rude and you know it was 60% a... of them were restaurant critics <laughs> as well, as well, as well. Yeah. but also from childhood women are brought up in a in a in a different way i think the linguist robin lakoff wrote about it when when she was saying that uh, when boys are rude when they're growing up and they're calling the dinner lady a poo head or whatever, mm. uh, we go, well, boys will be boys, you know. But when uh, women or girls do it, we go, well, that's unladylike. Also, also, it's, yeah, unladylike, but also, again, uncanny and strange. You know, when I was a child, I was told all the time that I needed my head tested. <laughs> <laughs> I was always getting that in the north. It's like there's something she's not right. Something else, something I'm not right about her. I told her, I told her that she had to change out of that skirt because she looked, you know, it didn't suit her and the, the mouthful I got. <laughs> you know, because this is, I was just rude right away. Yeah. I was thinking, well, you're not telling my brothers what to wear well, to exactly. my mother. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I'm just going to... And yeah, and it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not... But it is interesting how, like, in those office environments, I mean, there are various studies. For the first time, it seems, um, women are out-swearing men. Mm. Um, when it comes to interrupting, um, what Kieran Snyder found, that was um, out of the 102 interruptions um, from women uh, that Snyder logged, so when women were interrupting other people in the office, uh, of 102, 89 were women interrupting other women. Mm. So it was 87% mm. of the time. It's funny he did 102. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'd have gone for 100. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> the 102 was just, these were organic, natural interruptions. So right. these were just recorded interruptions. Right. And it wasn't yeah. the same It wasn't the same woman interrupting every other, because that's a sign of illness. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it She's be. doing that. Yeah. It was of the many, many women interrupting. They were mainly interrupting other women. One right. of the most exhausting things is uh, spending time with lots of other women who are like me. <laughs> because I am, um, I mean, amongst my friends, the ones who have kind of got to my age and they've they've opened up you know successful PR companies, they've got events companies, they're like, you know they're entrepreneurs, and they go, well, let's all catch up, and then you're sitting at a table with three women like that. You know, one of my one of my best friends who I do business with, when she has something that she needs to say to you, she will she just won't let you in the conversation at all. <laughs> She just will talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And then every time you try to say, 
but she'll just go, can I, if I can just finish, <laughs> if I can just, if like literally to get yeah. the face, the, you know, the faces, hand the, the hand face. in the face. But then it's because we have, it's almost like if there was a talking stick, we're not going to give away the talking stick uh-huh. because we might not get it back. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got kind of some kind of, you know, International Women's Day and things like that, that Exhausting. When people say to me, oh, do you want to come to my event on International Women's Day? I I just say to absolutely everybody that I'm booked for something else. And I just spend it. I just sit in the house and smoke. I just can't be bothered. I'm like, oh, my God, loads of assertive women, like being assertive. I've got to say, I grew up in a house where everybody talked over each other all the time with the television on as well. it's, It's a constant thing where I am so used to people talking over. I can listen and I can speak at the same time yeah. that's the way it works yeah. but i find the thing i hate the most because it makes me feel terrible is when someone says please don't interrupt me oh, God, yeah. it's a conversation you, yes. you can't have that thing of going they finished i now can prepare to speak and i'm speaking yeah i, I don't like that when it's not, not natural fight, and... like when you're having an argument with like a loved one mm. or whatever and you're in a relationship where that person doesn't want to be interrupted <laughs> but then I, and that is the hardest thing when they go if i could just yeah. <laughs> if i could just say my piece and you and you want to say well, I know what it is anyway, and I disagree with it, so let's just come back to me. Well, we've yeah. also got this thing of when someone says, actually, I'm speaking, oh. why why we why we sort of go, fair enough, that does trump everything I had to say. Yeah. It's become an accepted thing that when someone mm. says that, you can't speak. It's because it's so unusual, and mm. it's, it's the last card you've got, because if that card doesn't work, that's it. All your power is gone. You've got this one card to play, which is, I'm speaking and I will finish. Yeah. Because that's as far as it can go without someone breaking someone else's nose. It's also a polite way of saying, shut your mouth. Yes. Shut your mouth. Well, I I, I don't, I mean, again, I'm sounding unnatural. A lot of the time I don't care about people's feelings. (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I mean, I think that I want, I want to be Buddhist and want everybody to be happy. I want everybody, but but life is suffering, and life <laughs> life has got suffering in it. And I I think you know what I, I think that we all have our feelings hurt all the time, every single day, from the moment we get up. I, we you know that's uh, the natural kilter of the day is. Oh, I didn't want to hear that. Oh, oh that's horrible. Oh, well, you know, I, the uncomfortableness. Mm. So when someone says, especially you see this on Twitter a lot that people think that if they have been hurt, that that's fair enough. It's okay to say you've been hurt, but then I, they, you can see them going, I'm going to run with this hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm going to run with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make it bigger and bigger and see if pe- more people will run with me. And it's just, it's not the natural way of life. Uh-huh. You know, you have to, you have some, I personally think you're hurt, you let it in, you acknowledge it, you let it go. Mm-hmm. And that and that's it, you know. I, all these things that I've told you about, you know. I got up this morning and they've been playing a show that I made with uh, with uh, Boy George and uh, David Hepworth and Danny Baker, and it was like uh, me being one woman on a panel with a load of men talking about the eighties music, and I just had a string of men who'd like got in touch during that. Cause it must put it on about one, which is peak time, warm night, summer's night, yeah, peak time, and all the best men are watching that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this, and there was just uh, the guys just saying um, you've got amazing tits <laughs> and I was like, so I showed him uh, the guy that I, I see I showed him it I went I, went, I, was, I went oh look at this and he went oh, 
you need to report that. Oh, yeah, you okay. And I was like, what? I said, this is nice. I said, no, no, I'm taking it from this, that, that what, it was a good show. And I've got nice tits. Right. Like, that's, like, really... I, I hope Danny Baker's waking up this morning to a load of tweets just saying, <laughs> your beautiful rounded testicles. You have gorgeous balls. <laughs> and thank you for bringing this. Um, I think, you know, the point I'm making is that you cannot get, I, you know, I, I, I cannot afford to have four days um, being upset about the patriarchy yeah. and it, it, it's this it's just let it in and let it out well, However, there's outrage know, fatigue isn't there as well completely yes I get this I, I'm I, well I mean look I'm case in point I'm fatigued by everyone else's outrage to the point where I don't care especially in this day and age where what you do is dissipated across the planet mm-hmm. you know the, the, we, these aren't the days where you make a joke in uh, smash hits in the 80s and you know Fifteen thousand people read it. it. Like this is a point where you, I say something, and before and it's online, and before you know it, it's in Australia, and I can't. You can't second guess everybody. People are going to find you rude. And I and I. Well, do you care? Do you care when people yeah. say they're offended? Uh, well, it depends. If I've got, uh, if I know I wasn't being rude, and if I know that they are trying to make it seem like I was rude. Uh, and if I can tell it's the kind of person who wants a bit of attention by claiming that everything is rude, because sometimes that is the it's the powerlessness of the internet as well. Yeah. It's the look at me. It's the it's the people saying it's the people who are saying offensive things in order to be noticed or taking offence in order uh, to be noticed. It's the people who get offended at the most silly things. There's this phenomenon called uh, "Why wasn't I consulted?" Um, which is uh, anytime anyone does anything, like when Children's BBC changed its logo from a green and black one to a green and black one, uh, the the internet went crazy. People in their twenties and early thirties going mad, shouting at CBBC for ruining their childhood, mm. uh, and why they didn't care about the logo. They uh, don't watch CBBC anymore, but someone had made a decision that they had not been consulted on, mm. and they go crazy. And I think it's that same powerlessness that that causes people on the internet to also um, target women in that way, mm. of going, I'll take it from a man, because a man is doing it, and uh, you know he's making his decision, he's running with it, but I won't take it from you, because mm. you're not supposed to be like that. Mm. And in an office environment, I assume the uh, one of the, the worst things that can happen to a woman in an office, besides all the horrific, obvious stuff, is um, is being seen as a bitch. Um, because that's your reputation tarnished. Yeah. Mm. And not only does it affect your uh, work with colleagues, male and female, but it also genuinely um, affects your chances of promotion. Because they're not going to give the promotion to a bitch yeah. In the way that they would to a bastard. Because mm. really, he's aggressive, he's a, he's a go-getter, and he's going to go and get this done. And it's a really hard thing to break that 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 sense of once you've been labelled. Mm. Yeah. It's a very, very difficult thing to do. Yeah. I, I think that the most successful women, because, yes, I, I, well, I, I find that I have to dance between the two. I have to be hard and abrasive and uh, and, and look as if I don't care. But then you do have to be able to switch to being um, quite doe-eyed mm-hmm. and uh, compliant and ask after people's children and a little bit vulnerable and like look look a little bit like they could look after you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get that. I, I get that from a lot of the men that I work with. They'll say, oh, you are, um, you know, 
you are a little bit fragile, though. You've got a fragile side, and I think well, everybody has. But then yeah. if that if you if that helps you to rationalise how I am, then that's mm. fine. Well, it's yeah, know? it's it's actually helping them rationalise how they are as well, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's kind of going well, you know, she's very successful. She's doing something I can't do, but really, she needs me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, especially because I mean, I don't have um, I don't have children, and um, I don't um, you know, I'm not married. Uh, at the moment (laughs) 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 and I think that again that's like another like that's an extra layer of uncanny you know it's an extra Mm -hmm. layer of so they don't you know that makes me even more um you know was it maleficent with uh, you know a lot more kind of that obviously you know on an evening I am just kind of just got two buckets and I'm just drowning kittens (laughs) (laughs) uh Grace thank you so much um for for coming in and talking to us you're not rude um, I don't think I am. This no, is, I don't think I am. I think that um, I am. Everybody who is in in my life knows that I am sweet and nice and not rude. But they all get a kick out of the fact that I can vocalise the feeling that everybody else has, and if need be, I will say it. And if you give me um, if you give me a blank sheet of paper now. I can write you a thousand words of rudeness if you want, and that's and it, it keeps the lights on. <laughs> Hide the pens, Mark. Hide the pens. <laughs> Thank you for having me, boys. Well, our thanks to Grace Dent, and I'll leave you with a, a little fact, uh, Mark. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about rude men and rude women, and all of them together in an office. And here's a strange fact: it's been shown in one sort of survey, that a rude man will earn 18% more than a polite woman. Good Lord. 18%. I'm going to have to make some fundamental changes. (laughs) And I'm starting right here and now, big nose. (laughs) (laughs) But it tends to be because these men will go in and they'll demand a salary increase, Uh whereas a, a woman won't. It says that they're more likely to wait to be rewarded, whereas a rude man will go in and absolutely demand it. And that rudeness, that arrogance, that ballsiness tends to be rewarded. So for the first time in these podcasts, you're actually saying that it's financially (laughs) quite useful if you decide to be really rude. Yeah. That your life will improve. Well, I'm saying that, uh, yeah. It this can... is the under the, 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 the message that you didn't want to put in your book. Yeah, I know. But the ruder you are, the better your life will be. That, well, the more you'll be paid. The fewer friends you have, the fewer people who will trust you, the worse your relationships will be. But, yeah, you'll have uh, a little more of the Yankee dollar. Oh, now e- you're talking. There's even one thing. I, I think I'm remembering this right. I am. Is that people who tend to be nicer tend to be less attractive to banks right because they tend to be people who will help out a relative who's not very good with money by giving them money right or they're more likely to say yes to a store card in a shop just to be nice to the person and, behind and the till which has your high APRs and things all the APRs so they get faster into debt yeah. and they have less disposable income i think yeah i mean i mean the the point really to take away from this podcast and this series of podcasts yeah. is that if you want to have friends but you know, nothing else, then don't be rude. Mm-hmm. But if you have always quite liked the idea of a yacht, <laughs> then be as rude as you possibly can. And if there's one lesson to take away, Danny, from your book and your work, I believe it's that one. That's the message. Yachts for everybody. Yay! <laughs> 
So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a glowing review, which will really help new people find it and perhaps encourage us uh, to make more. Uh, my book, F You Very Much, has got a lot more about why we are the way we are and what we can do to stop it as I talk to people like Wang Tao, the man the Chinese government gave the job of trying to get everyone in China to stop spitting. It didn't go to plan. It's available now in paperback or to download. And next time, we will be asking, why do we find rude people so attractive? My thanks to Grace Dent and, of course, the wonderful Mark Haynes. Thank you, Daddy. And F you very much. Thank you.